the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Here from the Beacon Driving Studios on a gorgeous Saturday morning. And I hope it stays that way because I got a lot of grass to cut. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. Good morning, Greg. Yeah. Like I say, it's beautiful weather. A little hot for my taste. Yeah. Well, now, but. Well, it's July. (laughs) It's the end of July. It's supposed to be hot. July. But, yeah, it is. I kind of like that first. uh, autumn weather coming in you know when you wake up in the morning get that little cool breeze coming through there you know autumn's just around the corner yeah well hang on it's about two months away yeah (laughs) we're nowhere near that yet i just i hope they're able to do something with the the college football thing i mean i i don't know what they're supposed to be doing or what they're not but uh like i say there's a lot of this unknown just what's going on right now and uh, well, it won't they, seem like autumn without it. Yeah. Because, we, because mo- almost all race fans are people, historians, G-Race. I yeah. race professionally. Perry's done stuff, broke books, and been like But uh, it's just that I don't want to front here and say. Well, anyway, we got to move on, Greg. When you figure out what you want to say, you can jump back in there. Uh, what are you doing uh, over there, Alan? You say you've been working this morning? I've uh, been working on a race car. I think we're going to go to Cherokee Speedway this afternoon or tonight. Hopefully, it's going to cool off a little bit. They had a race over our last Saturday night, big uh, cruiser race over there. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Temperature's hot, and temperature's, te- temperature's got hot over there. Again? Again. Goodness, <laughs> a living. What's wrong with them people? Uh, you know, I mean... Uh, the social distancing's not working. No. Well, no, he's, he's driver. One driver still has his helmet on, Pete, that way. So, oh, this I wasn't mean, in the stands. No, it wasn't in the stands. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what. I saw a butt whipping last week, and uh, uh, it was on the track, and it was in Sebring, Florida. Where uh, Mike Hill and the Whelan uh, Cadillac Racing Team, number 31, with uh, Felipe Nasser and um, Depot Pirani just absolutely kicked butt in the, in the two-hour and 40-minute race they had down there. And that's, of course, Mike Hill's car, or he's associated with that car, that Cadillac. And the only laps they didn't lead... Starting from the pole was when they were in the pits. I think they led all but four laps, and it was a runaway win. It was. And great to see. And uh, Mike's coming on the show this morning, I understand. Yeah, I got him coming in here about 11 o'clock, talk about that big win they had down there. Oh, they, that was they, a, they were they were getting it. I, I, I thought, was, I caught, I, I watched that race. I think that was a 32-second. You know, <laughs> oh, the, the <laughs> margin of victory 
I mean, it was 32 seconds, but it, it could, they, could have been from here to the moon because nobody was close. I think I think after that, they told them boys just peed on cruise control. They and did. They, they did. They, it was it was. It was hooked up. Well, we're going to talk about that after 11 o'clock, but we got a very special show this morning, and I touched on it a little bit last week because I was so excited to meet this lady, um, and that is Miss um, Tony Arnold McFarland, whose father, Ray Arnold, was um, passed away about two weeks ago now, it's been, and she had the memorial service out at the fairgrounds for her father, and then had another one at the at uh, Greenville Pickens last Saturday. But she and I got to talking, and I talked about this on last week's show. But um, she, he was just a fascinating person. And I said, you know, we, we really need to dedicate some time to him. Well, as it turns out, things fell into place with some hard work by um, Tony, I'll call her. And she um, has got Wendell Scott's son, Frank, uh, lined up for us. Uh, at 10:20, so we're gonna. She is. Uh, she's. <laughs> I mean, she's very technically inclined, as I think it sounds like everybody in her family is. And she's got a hookup where uh, we're gonna call her, and she's gonna get Frankie on her phone, and we're gonna have a three-way hookup here, and and then with uh, Greg and Alan here in the studio, we can all five of us talk. But should be a fascinating uh, uh, insight into. Black Lives in NASCAR and what Wendell Scott went through and what Ray Arnold went through and how he met up with Wendell Scott. And um, it's just a great story that, you know, sometimes you just don't know what's going on under the surface. But this has been going on for, you know, decades. It's just we didn't know about it. And it's just now, as far as I'm concerned, coming to light. And if these people don't mind, you know, I want to share it with our listeners because, I, I mean, I think it's great. It's Spartanburg has got such a fantastic racing history, and this is just another part of it, and I want to get it out there. And um, Tony had told me that at the end of the, uh, I guess, the pre-race last week, they, they said a little something on the air on Fox, you know, on the main network, you know, about her father. And so I, pr- I always record the race and the pre-race and everything and fast forward through it just to make sure I don't miss anything I need to know or something in- interesting. And they really did. The last thing they did on the pre-race show before they went to uh, a commercial break and then came back with a national anthem and the uh, gentleman starts your engines and all that stuff, they did like a minute or 45-second tribute to Ray Arnold. And put his picture up there and, um, you know, showed his, his uh, the dates of his life. And I think it said Spartanburg, South Carolina. And he um, uh, was mentioned as the last surviving pit crew member of Wendell Scott. Well, we're not, well, I, that, we know that's not true because Frank, Frankie, I think uh, we'll call him, is, uh, is, um, is still alive. We're going to have him on the show. And he was definitely on the pit crew. I mean, he was like, well, he can tell us. I, I think of him as the main one. Um, but that's what Fox said. And it's it's okay. You know, he was probably, uh, um, I'm thinking maybe he was the last non-Scott family member pit crewman. And that's fine. But the fact of the matter is he had a, he had a relationship with Wendell Scott and a lengthy one, and Frankie can tell us all about that. And um, of course, Tony Arnold, she was 
she was there as a little girl, and she, I think, remembers parts of it. So, uh, anyway, it should be fascinating. And, you know, just when, uh, you know, you think you've, you've got a pretty good angle on most of the racing families in Spartanburg, you get another one. And a very timely one with uh, all that's happening happening in NASCAR with the Black Lives Matter and, and you know, the, the ongoing uh, search for equality, I guess you could call it, and justice. Um, this has no means, by no means uh, ended, but it, it's still very much ongoing. This is a, a very timely subject for us to to bring to our, our show and... Uh, and I can't think of anybody better to talk about it than uh, Ray Arnold's daughter, Tony, and um, Frankie Scott, Wendell Scott's son. Oh, they, you ain't going to get no better than that. How many times we saw Wendell run? Oh, man, a lot. I mean, and he, Wendell was very under, <coughs> underrated about a lot of things. I mean, you know, they put him in that car up there at Charlotte, which really wasn't as good a car as they used to do with the Big Chance Special. But Billy Scott drove several times and... Ron Howard started doing that, and then Humpy and them kept doing it. Richard Howard. Yeah, Richard Howard. But uh, Humpy Wheeler saw the value in it, and they finally got Wendell in a pretty decent car. And the son of a gun hauled rear end. I mean, he was going. Well, I think he started 11th, and this was in the World 600. He started 11th or 12th. And run right there. In the, in the top, right out of the top 10, I would say. And he wouldn't have done that otherwise. And... And I'll say this over and over when people say, could Wendell have driven, you know, with the, you know, with the big boys and good equipment and everything? I Absolutely, he could have. Of course have. he could have. Because uh, when he did that in the race you're talking about with that better than he's used to car, let's just put it that way, he was 51 years old, Greg. That's and unreal. Then, there's not a race driver alive that's in his prime or even close to it, really, at 51 years old. He done a heck of a job that day. But Junior Johnson, you know, he normally built the motors, you know, for the big chance special in the car and everything. Well, Junior's mad to this day. Of course, Junior Johnson, we lost him. We know how great of a guy he was. Um, hell, Mike was like his uh, right-hand man. I mean, everybody liked Junior, but Junior didn't have, they didn't have a Junior Johnson chassis or a Junior Johnson engine. So Junior's all, uh, Junior Johnson's always been mad about that because it, they perceived it was, you know, what they'd been doing. And it, they, it, he, let's put it this way. If they'd put him in better equipment, he'd run better than what he did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, but he, this was, this was, uh, probably mid-pack hot rodders or whatever. Uh, he just smoked all them. I mean, it just, and he likes to say, that he, what year was it that Wendell had that real bad rig? That was, there? I think that was in 1973 at Talladega when uh, he had a, it actually was an ex-Wood Brothers car, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it, they started 60 cars that day, which is ridiculous, and had this, incredible crash on the backstretch. I think what happened was, the way I've heard Cale Yarborough tell it, it was like heat waves, you know, how you look across a desert or a hot road and you can see the waves coming up. And you just couldn't see down the backstretch that well that, that day. And he ran up on a car, I forget the guy's name, and just ran slap over him. I mean, ran through him, literally. The car was going so slow and Cale was going so fast and it just caused this incredible pileup behind him and 
like 20 or 30 cars, half the field was in the wreck, and Wendell got hit real hard. I Bad. mean, it took the side off of his car, the driver's side, unfortunately, and and Wendell got cut up real bad. I mean, he was hurt. It was it was practically career ending. I think he came back and maybe raced a little after that. But you know, he was he was a he was that was past the when he was fifty one years old. You know, that's a couple of years later. He was probably fifty three or somewhere in that range. But uh, um, that was a that was a good car. And something happened. I can't remember. Frank, I'm sure was down there. He could even tell us. We I've got so much to talk to him and about with uh, uh, he and Tony, but you know, he um, he can tell I, tell I tell you a story he does tell and I want him to tell this one which I thought was fascinating when he uh, won his race at Jacksonville on December 1st, 1963 which was actually early in the 64 season. It was like the second, third race of the 64 season. They had already started in, in December of 63 and uh, that was like uh you know, he went. Well, I'll let Frank tell the story. He went down there and he did some adjustments on a car that, uh, hey, of course, hey. it was an old Ned Jarrett cast off Chevrolet, I think, and uh, and he just smoked them. Oh yeah, he could run around dirt just like what I was say. Only real men can drive dirt. But Wendell is such a legend and liked by so many racers all these years. They done a movie on him. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. They, it. it you got to be Grease good Lightning. when they make a movie on you. Yeah, Grease Lightning, which uh, was um, uh, Richard Pryor and Cleavon Little and uh, Richie Havens and Vincent Gardenia and a lot of people. Pam Greer played Wendell's wife. So uh, we'll get to all of that. But, I, but one thing I don't want to do, and and I've got to concentrate not to do it, is to lose the fact that um, it's about Ray Arnold. Ray right. Arnold's the guy we're honoring, and and through his friendship and relationship uh, with Wendell Scott, makes this an even more intriguing story. So, but this is Ray Arnold's show. I mean, this one's about Ray Arnold. Yeah. Wendell Scott just happens to be a huge part of it, and I mean, huge. Yeah, and as soon as we, you know, you mentioned his name when we found out about this thing that was going on out there, his name still rings the bell in my head because y'all had people walking through the shop all the time back in those days right oh yeah and uh, i'm sure that that guy had man had probably come in the shop several times yeah i bet he did but and i think i even talked to him on telephone it's a speculation but uh he uh that name just just we got to let them tell it because like i say we know we know a lot more about wendell and going around the racetrack and stuff and this this guy is a Spartanburg hero racer. Yes, he is, and that's who we're going to talk about. And um, and, yeah. we, and and we're going to start. Let's go ahead and take a break now, Greg, and we'll come back. And uh, we're we're a little ahead of schedule, so let's. Oh, I, I got to mention. Uh, um, of course, Ronnie's not with us this morning. We miss Ronnie. Ronnie, you're a part of the show, and uh, Ronnie uh, already sent me in his pick for uh, Martin Truex, but. Uh, Funny thing is, they ran the race two nights ago, so I guess, uh, Ronnie, you can have him uh, August the 2nd when they finally get around to running a race, and Nelson Crozier won't be with us this morning. He's a little under the weather, and when I was texting with him this morning, he, uh, I said, give us your pick, Nelson. He said, you know, pretty much, what, what pick for what? There's no race. So, uh, 
it's sort of a rare Sunday off for these guys. And actually, there's almost no racing tomorrow at all. So uh, Grand Prix, Indy, or anything. So, But we'll get to all that later. Let's take a break right now and come back and talk to uh, um, a couple of people that I'm very excited to talk about. Tony, Tony Arnold McFarlane and Frankie Scott. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASE certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay. So for the rest of you, download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out impexpreown.com. Impex Preowned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. 
The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon till 3 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. And it is my great pleasure to bring in Tony Arnold McFarland. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Perry. How's it going? That's going great. Great to hear your voice on there. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, we've been talking, even on the show before our show, I came on to tell everybody what we were going to um, have on, on Start Your Engines this morning. And I'm just so tickled to get you on the air with us. Thank you so much. I forgot with me Frankie Scott and my brother Raymond the Third. He goes by Trey, so we're we're excited to be here as well. Everybody's there. You got two other people. I sure do. Oh, well, great! We'll take some technology out for you. You telling you what? You're wearing it out. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, you remember talking to me a few years ago? We I remember sitting in my office talking to you, and I don't remember what the occasion was. You might have been buying a book, or or I don't know. But do you do you recall that? Ah, vaguely, vaguely, yeah, uh, vaguely. I do. I, I talk to so many people. And, I know, uh, but, but you know. Uh, but anyway, it's good to talk to you this morning. That's the main uh, thing, right? Right, and I know for a fact. Now we were up at Hillsboro one time, and uh, okay. uh, the show on before uh, before this was start the ranges was called dropping the hammer. Yeah, I do. I, I do rem- I do remember that day because it was raining. It was raining, and we were underneath the tent, and uh, you talked to Dale Wilkerson okay. back here on the, on your cell phone. Yeah, okay, I got you now. Okay, well, I, I, I was the guy that was doing that with you, too. And uh, and now, Trey, you're the other uh, um, Arnold family member, and you're a... I haven't spoken to you before, but you're like a, a engineer with Ford. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, I tell you what. Now, did you learn all that knowledge from your father, or I, I suppose that's a stupid question? But I guess he got you started with uh, engineering and cars and everything. That's also correct. Yeah, about the thing I put my first engine together at twelve years old. What kind of engine was that? Mine, mine was a Briggs and Stratton lawnmower. <laughs> uh, this was a this was a three fifty Chevy in the seventy El Camino that we still have. And you were twelve years old. Yeah. That's pretty strong. <laughs> that's that's real strong. Yeah. Well, that's great. Hey, hey, back then, man, you had to roll. You had to do it. I was, I started <laughs> my father when I was seven years old. Learn, learn, learn the tools, you know, what a 916 was and a half inch and a three quarter. Right. That's right. You know, that's, that's what you got to do, you know, and that thing. And don't hand him the wrong one. No, 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 no! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Perry, before Trey was born, I was doing it. <laughs> and when Trey came along, I got fired, and you know, Trey the rest of his. You got fired or demoted? I got. I guess I could say I got demoted. Yeah, I, I don't think you. One time he was he was taking a transmission out of a car, and I was working the hydraulic jack, and I I let it down too fast, and mm. the transmission fell off the jack. And pinned his arm. Oh no! Uh, oh, down to the ground, <laughs> and I had to go in the house and get my mom to come out and help us get him out from under the car. Maybe you did get fired. Yeah, his forearm was broke. Oh man! You definitely, you definitely had to get a demotion. 
<laughs> I know I've changed my mind. I think she got fired for a while and hired back later. And she was working a jack. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh, they, don't, they don't do the, uh, the Hill Park site. It's closed down now. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went every single year. And that that's just such a yeah. shame that, that that's going on because, you know, they had one at Darlington. I remember hanging out uh, with Sybil. Your sister at Darlington, and I even gave her a table to borrow one year. And I, Greg and I both used to dance with Sybil up there at Hillsboro when they had the barn dance. And I, I miss it for that alone. And, and your mom was there. And uh, I always did this thing with your mom. I would see her, and I would uh, I would go up to her, and I'd say, Pam. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Pam Greer. And she'd laugh like crazy because, you know, Pam Greer played played her in, uh, in Grey's Lightning. Hey, look. I don't think Pam Greer wasn't pretty as my mama. No, well, you're right yeah. about that. Your mother Pam, was a great Pam lady. Was, Pam was okay. Pam was okay though. <laughs> Richard Pryor fell in love with her. Sent sent the other lady back that he was with that, that uh, came for the family. He sent her back to California. Well, if you're hanging, around, if you're hanging around the TV tonight about two o'clock in the morning on Turner Classics, Foxy Brown is on. If you need a Pam Greer fix, so uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, Nice Tony, Tony, can you tell us a little bit about, and, and all of you just chime in together because you're doing great. I, the, I, this will be like a free-for-all. And, unfortunately, the the gentleman that comes on after you guys is a little under the weather today, so we don't really have to cut this thing off in 20 minutes. I mean, we can keep going, as far as I'm concerned, till pretty close to 11 o'clock. So, this, as far as I'm concerned, this is great. But, Tony, if you uh, can, tell us how your father... Um, well, first of all, how did he get into being such an automotive uh, mechanical quiz genius? And, and how did he get hooked mm-hmm. up with Wendell Scott? And all of you just, you know, jump on this together. Sure. Well, I do know this, that um, my dad grew up uh, around farming, as, as, you know, quite a few people did in the South. And uh, that's how he got, you know, kind of into uh, equipment and, and machinery. And he also had some cousins that used to race, um, I want to say it's probably dirt track, round track. He had some older cousins that used to race. Um, you know, this was during segregation, so they had, you know, the black drivers group. I don't quite remember the name of it. Trey, do you recall? Yes, the Black Racers Association. Okay. So he had some cousins that he grew up around that were into racing, so that kind of, like, you know, sparked his interest. And um, Now, was this in Spartanburg? This was probably in the Welford, Welford, Welford. 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 Right. Welford, okay, great. Probably around the, yeah, probably the 40s and 50s is probably around that era. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I even have seen a clipping from a newspaper. I, I should have tried to find it before today. But um, our family, the Rooker family, which is from the Welford area of South Carolina, we've had a few reunions, and we have a, some amazing historians in the family. And one of them found a clipping uh, from, I think, must have been around 1940, 41, where kids were putting in the newspaper their Christmas wish list. And in there, there was a quote from my dad. He must have been six, to, six or seven, where he wanted to have some trucks and cars for Christmas. That's what he was hoping that he would get. So he's had this affinity and fascination with cars for a very long time. So uh, fast forward that, he uh, went to South Carolina State, college at the time. It's called South Carolina State University now, where he studied automotive technology and industrial arts education. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually went to college at 15. He graduated in 19. And he started teaching at Lincoln High School. And 
he was there for 15 years, and after desegregation, he went to Eastside High School. And during this time is when he had met, uh, he met Mr. Scott while he was teaching at Lincoln. So he met him in 1961 at the Piedmont Interstate Fairground. Um, and that was, you know, kind of how they connected, and they were together until uh, after, you know, Mr. Scott's uh, NASCAR career ended. But even, even after that, they continued to stay, you know, in touch with the rest of Mr. Scott's life. That's fantastic. And during that whole time, he was he was still um, involved in you know selling cars, fixing cars. You know, uh, he was independently selling uh, under Ray Arnold Automotive, that name. And he also worked in Greenville, South Carolina, for a very long time at TA Mosley, new and used cars on Lawrence Road. And uh, a lot of people purchased their first car from him. He's very good at taking a car that people didn't want anymore; they thought was worn out. And he could he could fix that car up and sign it up and, and make the person who got rid of it want it again. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he was very good with that. And Trey Trey's got a little bit of that in him too. Let, let me say, let me say let me say right here that we're talking to Tony um, Arnold McFarland and Trey Arnold and Frankie Scott on Start Your Engines. And this is just, this is a fantastic. I, I want to say one thing right here before Trey talks that. Uh, I mean, why in the world? How did we miss out on not getting Ray Arnold on this show years ago? I, I mean, why did we have to wait know. until he passed away to do this? This I, is I, I that's a shame. I don't know, and and this yeah. is this is fascinating because we know so much about Wendell Scott's career and went to so many dirt tracks, and know he'd done a good job, and he had to have somebody good working on the car, right? But somebody college educated, no, this this is fascinating. It is. People it's, need to know this. They, they do, and we're not gonna uh, we're gonna follow up with maybe another show about this uh, before too long. But uh, Trey, go ahead and, and add what you want to with, to what Tony said. I was gonna say that the uh, when my dad was in college, I don't know if you ever told it, Tony, but he used to buy old cars and powers basically out of the junkyard, and he was. Uh, Repair what was wrong with him. He would rent those cars out while he was in college. Make some money. So he, he told me to do so. Of course, I started doing the same thing. <laughs> when I went, to, I went also went to South Carolina State University in uh, in '91, and I would do the same thing. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of, I mean, many years later, forty years later. So y'all had Arnold's <laughs> rent a car there at, uh, in Orangeburg. Yeah, well, he didn't, he didn't <laughs> give it a name. Kind of like a, <laughs> a, a word of mouth type of situation. But, <laughs> but it was a way to earn extra income in college. But, I mean, I had a toolbox and I had a little $99 jack kit with the floor jack and the jack stand. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he took me up with that with Christmas, for Christmas one, one Christmas. And uh, I was pretty self-sufficient in college with oil changes and brakes <laughs> and tune-ups. <laughs> Oh, man. That's fascinating. Um, and I also want to add this too, Perry, because we may have some of these listeners out there. While he was at Eastside, my dad taught at Eastside High School, he started um, a race club and a race team. And uh, I've gotten a lot of information from, from former students from Lincoln High School, which was in Taylor's, as well as Eastside High School. And a lot of those students um, are working in the automotive industry today. They were at, My dad was actually doing STEM. Science, Technology, Engineering, Math, before it was an acronym. So with the race club, um, the way it was explained to me, I think this might have been Carl or, or uh, uh, Nathan had told me this, is that you could look at the cars, but you couldn't touch them. <laughs> so you, you in the race club, they had a drag car. Eastside High School had a drag car from the late 70s to the yeah, early 80s. 
Dodge Chargers. In 1969, yeah. Dodge Chargers, they pulled together. Now, they, that would be another interesting group if you want to add them you know, on your list. Yeah. Uh, we, the mystery right now is where is the car? But um, <laughs> they've been looking for the car for a few years, and uh, they pulled that together, and that was a high school project. And they had a had a pretty good car that uh, could compete. And yeah. uh, that was some, like, what, 79 to probably the early 80s train somewhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We we got to we got to do a lot more on this later. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt them or anything, but what what year was it? And and Perry's a fantastic historian, but what year was it that 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 Wendell went to went to Charlotte and they put him in a, a fairly decent car and he runs so good and it blowed up. And uh, but I just can't okay, remember. Okay, let me. It was nineteen seventy two. It was. Uh, well, before that, uh, well, twice he drove a car showers. He drove a, um, a 65, uh, Chevrolet, which was a pretty good car. Um, even before that incident you're talking, the, uh, occasion you're talking about. But, uh, my father was a, like, he was a mechanical genius, right? When he surveyed the car, uh, it, it, he noticed that the drive shaft, Trey, you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. In the transmission, when they cut the drive shaft, they cut it too short. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling them that, that that slip joint is too short. They needed to put a different drive shaft under the car. And um, so anyway, anyway, during the race, um, there was an accident or whatever, and the, the track was rough. And that thing actually uh, came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was... Uh, End up wrecking the car. It's pictures somewhere of the car, uh, being up in there, the rear car being up in there, and he actually hit a guardrail. Mm. But anyway, uh, they didn't listen to him. But going back to what you were saying about the, in 1972, it came up with this host to, uh, advertise that dad was going to be driving a Junior Johnson car. And if you watch the, the, the documentaries that we've done, Junior even came on and admitted that it wasn't a, Junior Johnson car that wasn't, and we knew that when we once we got there, mm. uh, it was the car actually belonged to David Cisco, and David Cisco was an independent who raced with us, but never he they, he wasn't as competitive as we were, but he did have a '72 Monte Carlo. Junior said he already had two or three cars in the race; he didn't have that was what he gave, but uh, he sort of was apologetic on that documentary. If you see that, you know that it really wasn't; it was advertised. As a Junior Johnson car, but it wasn't. Now, when he qualified that car, uh, it was jumping out of gear. He, he quite actually qualified holding it in gear. Uh, he, you know, he, when he went down the corners, like I said, it, it would jump out and he qualified. He had to hold it in gear <laughs> to qualify. But he qualified, they say 11th, but I think it was 9th. But it had a, it had, it had a Junior engine in it. It was an old engine. Mm. And, um, and Jimmy Johnson admitted this. It was an old engine. But it was, you know, it was a pretty powerful engine. So he's really running really good. You know, he's running up in the top 10. The engine did give out. But um, that was one of the things that that they didn't really do right about. Even the car, you know, you, you get on the creep and roll up under the car. The suspensions where, I mean, it was a David Cisco car. But yeah. uh, anyway, that's a, that's a true story on that. Uh, let, let me ask ask you this frankie and we sort of got um 
ahead of ourselves just a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I tried to, I kind of wanted to do this chronology chronologically but forget that because but this is just fantastic information um were you now when windows uh, and i know he'd already been a uh, a great dirt track driver up in virginia um before he ever went grand national which was march the 4th 1961 right here in spartanburg at the fairgrounds right. uh, were you there that night and um uh, the legend sort of has it i thought that that's where uh uh, Ray Arnold and Wendell Scott met, but were, were you there that that first uh, Grand National no, Night I in Spartanburg? I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I went there the week was there. It was uh, I don't know if you know that or not, but anyway, it may have been a school day. But anyway, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But he did, uh, you know, meet Ray uh, on that on that occasion, and that's where the friendship grew. Uh, like as as you can see that. Uh, Rayon always had a fetish for, for cars, and, you know, he was a mechanical person. He knew a lot about uh, different things. So it was it was a, a marriage really made in heaven. Uh, they became friends, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and he was very, he assisted us whenever he could. You know, he couldn't, he had a job. He couldn't, we traveled all over the country, as you know. He couldn't go everywhere we went, but whenever he could, he was there especially all the major races in the South. And um, and the friendship was just, you know, like a brotherhood. He and my father, even, uh, I don't know if, if Tony and, and Trey know this or not, when your mother and father got married, they were going on, on a honeymoon to Washington, D.C. Right. <laughs> well, uh, they, start, they, they started to stop off in Danville and say hello. And that's where the honeymoon ended. I don't know if they ever made it to DC, but I know that they, they end up staying, staying up with us. And Ray was in the garage with us, and and, my, and, my, and his and uh, Ms. Arnold, she was with my mother, and it, it was a, it was really a, a great okay. So that's that's really something that that uh, took a lot of pride in over the years. That friendship <laughs> grew, and. Um, Raymond had that connection everywhere. And a lot of times, you know, there were no places for us to stay uh, doing, doing some of those back then, as you could imagine. Uh, and he would help us even find lodging. Um, we had, he had a very good friend in Greenville. His name was, uh, y'all helped me out with this, uh, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Um, oh, Jay Lewis or Jay Lewis? Or Jay, Jay Lewis, yeah. Jay Lewis. We would, we would stay. We was some of the, like, the late if, if my sisters and my mother happened to be with us, they may would stay with him. And even down through the years, and and then uh, Wayne Ruckett had a, a relative in Inman, uh, yes. different places, and we stayed with at your house. So, yes. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we used to like to we didn't have a lot of money, but Ray introduced us to this restaurant in Spartanburg, and I think Tony, you say it's still there, the Beacon. The Beacon. The Beacon. Oh, you're. I'm in the oh, Beacon. Man. This is the Beacon Drive-In Studio that we're uh, talking from oh, right okay. now. They've been a sponsor wow. for, for this radio station since it started. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let me tell you about it then. We. Well. Uh, you can get a fried uh, chicken uh, dinner. You could get a pork chop dinner, and it was reasonable. And they'd give you plenty. They'd give you too yeah. much. <laughs> look, uh, we need to take a commercial break. Can you guys just hold on and let me run about a minute or two worth of commercials and, and, and pick up uh, on the other side? 
Can y'all hold? Okay. okay. Let me put you on hold for just a second. Well, I'm not going to put you on hold. I'm just going to turn your mic off. And, um, and I got to do a couple of commercials here. And we'll be right back and take this all the way to 11 o'clock. And I appreciate it so much. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Franks for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Franks for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Franks for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Franks for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Franks for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Franks for the Memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness, and you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Citra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Vince those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Par 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Par 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. As Par 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3.
Okay, and here we are back. And uh, you guys still on the line with us? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you for your patience, and uh, I just can't stop this and and cut it off because we have twenty minutes for our legend segment, and uh, we're going on twenty five. And I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this as long as I can. We're talking to Tony Arnold McFarland and Trey Arnold, Ray Arnold's um, children, and Frankie Scott, Wendell Scott's son. And um, this has just been the most enlightening show I think we've ever had. This is also our ninety ninth show. So this is a good one for 99. Um, if uh, uh, Frankie, if you would, and I heard you tell this story when uh, in the infield at the fairgrounds uh, last Friday night, and it's a great story. And keep in mind now that we got like 12 minutes left. But um, what? Uh, tell about when Wendell won that race and um, and how he did it at Jacksonville on December 1st, 1963. Okay. Uh... <clears throat> Of course, the race was at uh, Jacksonville uh, Speedway, which was a it was a old clay rutted out. Uh, it wasn't a well maintained track, you know, uh, as it would be today if NASCAR was racing there. But it was just, you know, there were tracks everywhere. I mean, all over. Uh, I was looking at my father actually drove at sixty eight different Cup tracks and probably another thirty or forty uh, modified sportsman tracks that you know during his career. But this particular day, uh, this was a Sunday, uh, well, when Dad got there, you know, he realized that the track was in bad shape during warm, during, warm, during practice, and cars were bouncing all over the track. So uh, he decided to, to uh, I tell you, my father was a mechanical engineer with, you know, really no formal education, uh, you know, to finish college and anything like that, but it was nothing he couldn't do to a car. So he decided to um, de-shock the car or soften up the suspension by taking a, a shock off of each wheel. We always ran, uh, you know, a shock on each, on well, on three of the wheels anyway. Three of the, you know, sometimes we run one on the left side and left front. <clears throat> but he decided to, to take, uh, just have one shock on each, each, each uh, corner of the car. And he actually... And back then, the shocks had different, <clears throat> excuse me, stiffness to them. So he put uh, the shock we would normally have on the left front, he put it on all four corners with just one shock. And that was a softer shock because the left front took the less, demanded the less, you know, uh, sturdiness. That makes so sense. So it softens up his suspension so good. <laughs> He was just, you know, he was floating over the bumps, and and um, he was passing cars, and you know, the car was handling. He said was, the car was handling better than he ever handled on a dirt track, you know. And so um, that's what happened. And a lot of other cars were breaking axles and breaking spindles and a frames dropping out. And actually, with about twenty five laps to go, Richard was leading the race. Dad was running second. And Richard had a problem with his eye alarm or one of his um, suspension part. So that, you know, he passed him. He took the lead. He, you know, he was out running everybody else. And, you know, actually, they awarded Buck Baker the win, but Dad had lapped him three times, and he knew it. <laughs> so you know who you passed him on the track. So when the race was near the end, uh, Dad was expecting them to, to drop the checkered flag. Well, when they... Uh, they didn't drop a checkered flag at, at the 200th lap. 
and he had to actually go uh, 202 laps, you know, and, you know, he was very upset because he knew the race because he dropped the white flag, but they wouldn't drop a checkered flag. And then when they dropped the checkered flag, they dropped it on Buck, and they had Daddy. I had Buck winning the race, Jack Smith second, and Dad in third place. But after the race, he protested. Well, and... They went through the award ceremony, and Buck got the trophy, and he kissed the queen, and and um, and then they they did file a protest. And three or four hours later, after everybody had gone, there was just one writer still there, Granger. He was the only only writer that tracked that day. Uh, Gene Granger from Spartanburg. Yeah, yeah, nice guy, and he told the truth about the whole story, and uh, and <clears throat> so. They came and said, I won the law. Guess what? Uh, we found a score, and you did win the race. And so Dad said, uh, I know GD well, I won the race. <laughs> I won my money, I won my trophy. So they were, here's, you know, here's your money, but the trophy's gone. And so that, that, uh, he never got the trophy, uh, for that particular race. And, um, that's kind of how the story goes. And we have appeal and a request in the NASCAR right now to award my father a ceremony uh, with a presentation of that trophy at the 2021 Daytona 500. Oh, wow. It's a request to the man, but it is a request <clears throat> that they honor his win in the proper way. Now, to the spill in the people who may be listening to say, well, he got a trophy. Now, the Jacksonville Hall of Fame... <clears throat> Excuse me. In 2010, uh, awarded the family a trophy, and it's on the, it's on a docu- documentary, also a docu- drama. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a NASCAR ceremony, and our, our great friends at Jacksonville Hall of Fame, which we love dearly, and they 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 tried to right a wrong that had happened 47 years ago. At that time, now it's 57 years. So anyway, this is what we want to see. We have some other requests in to them to just this climate is right for them to correct a lot of things that uh, that should have been corrected a long time ago, and they know this. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely, we're confident that we're confident they're going to do the right thing, and hopefully we can. You know, it'll, it'll it's a win win. Like I said, them it's going to help them as much as, as as take one of the thorns out of my father's legacy that that's that's there. That you know, it, along with some other requests we made, so we'll see what happens. Well, I can I can, short of it, I, can t- I can tell you right now that this show is going to do what it can to help you too. We can talk about this. I just want to point out that uh, look, uh, Wendell ran two hundred two laps that night at uh, at Jacksonville. It was a two hundred lap race, but he ran two hundred two because of the scoring screw up. Wendell Scott was first. Buck Baker was second. Jack Smith was third. Ed Livingston was fourth. Richard Petty was fifth. Neil Castle, sixth. Ned Jarrett, seventh. Buddy Arrington, eighth. Johnny Allen, ninth. And Billy Wade was tenth. I mean, that was a good field of cars right there. And I didn't read the other 12. I mean, he beat Weatherly was in that race. Pearson was in that race. Cotton Owens took two cars. Um, Jimmy Pardue was in that race. I mean, that was a that was a good field of cars he ran over that night. Oh, it, it, it was all the hot dogs out there. Richard Petty and everything. Oh, yeah. Everybody was at those races back then. I mean, all the names you mentioned, everywhere we run, they were there. You know, you had the, the, 
Ford cars, you had the Chryslers, you had the only all of them had sponsorship. Let me share a bit with you since I have y'all on the phone. Okay, we got about five minutes. We got four minutes. Give me one phone. Um, a lot of people don't know that uh, my father actually raced uh, on, on the old beast. I got a grandson here, y'all here. Um, 54, 55, 56, 57, and 58. And, and, um, and at the old beach course. And in those races, a lot of those races would be anywhere from 85 to 90 cars in there. And he was, he raced on the beach, and I have a documentation where he started, where he finished. Uh, and I looked at a lot of the guys who were in the Jacksonville Hall of Fame and also the NASCAR Hall of Fame and in the National Hall of Fame. Not, most of them not in that, but some of them are. And my father, you know, it was, his legacy is so so powerful and so strong. This man had the courage to do what he did in 1954. Actually, he said he went there in 53. I can't, ver- I can't document that. But um, to be there and, and, you know, and to have the courage and to do what he did even as far back as 1954. And he got in the NASCAR Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, which was, it was overdue, but I mean, it, it was great. Look, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Let me go back to Tony. Frank, Frankie, we'll have you on again if you'll come on and, and, and give you another 20 minutes. Tony uh, and Trey, this was about your father. And uh, both of you guys, we got about two minutes. Sum up your father's legacy and um, what he's contributed to this area, which is a lot, and uh, and just put a uh, put a punctuation at the end of this thing because I've got to uh, we've got to end it here in a few minutes. I want, I want five seconds. I want five seconds. Go. Ray Allen, Ray Allen was a great man. Um, he was someone who was loyal. He was supportive of my father. He helped us any way he could. He did a lot of things that uh, a lot of people may not have done uh, back then. But he supported us in every way he could, and we love him dearly. Thank you so much, Frankie. And uh, Tony, you got about a minute and a half. Yeah, I wanna, I'm going to say go to RayArnoldLegacy.com. That's the best way to read it. He was, um, I'm going to say his biggest accomplishment was he raised three children as a single father. My mother passed at a young age. So not only was he amazing at teaching and mentoring and a, a mechanical genius, just like Mr. Scott, they weren't engineers by trade, but they were actually engineering. <laughs> And if you go to RayArnoldLegacy.com, we have a scholarship. And um, I just, we have an Arnold Legacy Center because my mother uh, was an amazing teacher as well. Both of them were amazing teachers. And he raised three children, two engineers and a doctor. Um, and uh, I think that speaks for itself. People can go there and learn more. And they can also learn more about Mr. Scott at uh, WendellScott.org. There's a foundation that his grandson, Warwick, has started as well. Trey, you got anything you want to say? You got about um, 30 seconds. Uh, I was going to say that uh, I think we probably need a part two. We do. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Both of these guys, they they were too large to be squeezed into 25, 30 minutes. (laughs) There's a lot of untold stories. And, uh, I mean, my dad has a lot of history. And, you know, Mr. Scott, it just felt like when we grew up, I didn't think I thought we were I thought he was my grandfather because we were around him so much <laughs> we were more like family than friends and uh, that's what that's a lot of that's missing today in society we need to have it alright we got exactly so, one minute left let, let me just say that we if you guys would agree to it in the next uh, before the season's over let, let's get together and do this again this is something I didn't know anything about 
And it, we need to talk about it further. And it was our legend segment is actually 20 minutes. Y'all had close to um, about 35, and it wasn't close to being enough. And um, this is one of the most fascinating segments we've ever had on this show, like 99 shows or, or even the predecessor. So um, thank you all three for coming on, and um, please come back again. Thank you for having us. Yep, we'll do. Okay, thank you guys. And uh, wow, what a great interview. And we're, uh, I tell you, I'm almost out of breath. That was that was almost too much to take in. It's uh, You don't know what's going on out there. This gentleman, well, I only got 10 seconds. So we're going to come back after the top of the hour. We may have to touch on this again a little bit. But right now, you're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. We are Fox Sports. Your home for the Dan Patrick Show weekday mornings at 9 is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Fox Sports trending now. The NBA just announced the New Orleans Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson's quarantine upon his return to the Orlando bubble will be for four days in length. The quarantine that will end before the Pelicans scheduled opener this upcoming Thursday against the Utah Jazz. Kansas City Chiefs starting right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has become the first player to opt out of the 2020 NFL season because of concerns about the coronavirus. Duvernay-Tardif tweeted, I cannot allow myself to potentially transmit the virus in our communities simply to play the sport that I love. Baseball Washington Nationals rookie catcher Tress Barrera has been suspended 80 games without pay after testing positive for the performance-enhancing substance dehydrochlormethyl testosterone. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. Brinks for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Brinks for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Brinks for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Brinks for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Brinks for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets. 
to build wealth and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your engines! And welcome back to Start Your Engines on 1400 AM. 98.3 FM in Spartanburg, South Carolina from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. Alan, did you notice that Greg wore dress slacks today? Well, I, I noticed there's a little something different there. <laughs> well, a- I mean, we we, I, we feel like we got a good show, and I couldn't remember exactly if it was the 99th or the 100th, but the 100th's next week, but this is still a good, good deal and an interesting show. Well, we'll, we'll, I just put on some dress pants, look a little better. Text, uh... Uh, tuxedos won't be required next week for our 100th show, but uh, who would have thought we'd have made it that far? Anyway, I tell you what, um, I've alluded to, uh, not alluded to, I've said flat out, that was a butt kicking last week at Sebring. You know, races are so much enjoyable when the team that you're pulling for wins, and when they dominate, it's even better. And that's the way it used to be when I used to watch, uh, you know, when I had somebody I really pull for in NASCAR like Bud Moore, but... uh I've got somebody I really pull for in uh, the Weather Tech uh, Sports Car Series, and that's that Wayland number 31. And Mike Hill is a big part of that team, and we got Mike with us right now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Perry. How you guys doing down there in Sparkle City? We're doing good. Where are you at? You up in uh, Mooresville or up in the uh, mountains someplace? I'm in, I'm in Ingle Hollow, North Carolina. That's what I was picturing in my mind. So, uh, well, uh, tell us about tell us about last week. I mean, that was just uh, that was terrific. How'd you do it? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we had, we went first off. Sebring's always been one of those tracks. You know, you've heard about Sebring all my life, all my racing life. You know, and so and it was pretty elusive up until 2015 for the race for our race team, and we went down there with a with a Corvette had Sebastian Bourdais, Joel Barbosa, and Christian Fittipaldi, and I don't know, 
gosh, man, it just everything started clicking, and that Sebastian Bourdais put on a whooping about like uh, Nasser and Garani did, and we won that race by a whole lap. We won it by a full lap in 2015, and they told us that uh, that was the first time in 50 years that a Chevrolet gets to go up. They got like a, a wall of fame down there that the different manufacturer goes up on what year it's done. So we got Chevrolet back up on the up on the wall down there. Now we put Cadillac up there two times in a row now because we won we won Sebring last year. So yeah, Sebring Sebring's always been one of. As a matter of fact, I don't have any posters up in my office that it worked. But when we did the, the Sebring win, it goes up. Yeah, I love that place. Uh, the deal was with with Nasser and Durrani. Those two grew up racing go-karts with each other. You know how big go-kart racing is, you know, in Brazil and Portugal and all this, and that's, that's how they get. They, they come up to the go-karts, and then they have move on up, and Nasser made it into Formula One, but he didn't make it up into Formula One with a, with a fully funded team, so he had to come back, and fortunately, we got, we got that guy. But <laughs> the problem was, is like three or four weeks ago now, Gary Nelson and I were standing there in the shop and his phone rang and it was Nasser. And he put it on speakerphone so I could, I could talk to him too. And, and and Philippe says, Gary, I can't smell and I can't taste. And I said, oh no. So we had him go right straight. He was coming from Miami. We had him go right straight to Halifax Hospital and down there and they tested him and two hours later, he called back and said, I'm positive. And so he had to go back to Miami. But fortunately, I, my wife and I and our son had already fought this COVID-19 and kicked his butt. So I had some stuff. It was uh, some stuff in a, I don't know, y'all might be familiar with it. It comes in a mason jar. Yeah, there's a and, bunch and of it up there. And it will burn a blue flame. But <laughs> wife and I had guard when we first... When I got tested positive, I started, they told us, you know, oh, yeah, you get some your sinuses and all this. And so we started gargling this stuff, and and we beat it. And I sent him some down, and he beat it. And so he, he come back for us to race Sebring, but he's, he's a heck of a shoe, man. Have you told Dr. Fauci about this stuff? I told him I was going to get a patent on it before I let anybody know. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you'd be doing good to get a patent on something that's been uh, brewed in those hills for about 300 years. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be a patent called the COVID cure. <laughs> well, people uh, making a sanitizer. Lucas sent us some sanitizer this week down to the race shop, and I was just telling my wife it was a, it came in a gallon jug, and I went over to use it, and, and when I pumped it out on my hands. I smelled it. I said, this is nothing but moonshine. Sure enough, I put it out on the table and it burned a blue flame. <laughs> hey, uh, a question I've got for you now. When when Felipe Nasser turned up uh, and tested positive, how did you come about picking uh, Gabby Chavez? My wife's Colombian, and uh, we love Colombian race drivers at my house. Well, Gabby had, Gabby had driven for us before. You know, I think he'd run the, a Watkins Land for us a couple of years ago. And, uh, so he, it wasn't one of those deals where we was going to have to get him acclimated to the way that our engineers run a race and talking and all this. He had already been with us, so that was a pretty easy choice when we called him. He was already the big deal with Gabby was he's already in the state. He was in Indianapolis, so uh, as soon as we got 
done with NASA on the phone. Gary just talked, hit the button, and called Gabby up, and Gabby more than happy to come and help us out. Now, now one thing that I was uh, very pleased to hear, because I, I, I wasn't aware of it yet, was that um, that did not take the place of the 12 hours of Sebring. They're still going to run that race in November, right? Yeah, that'll be, no, it's, it's been new for the last race of the year now, basically. Yeah, we, we'll probably run to deep Fenbridge if we keep finding places to go. Well, uh, you know, that track is a, uh, an abandoned they even said what the name of it was. I don't remember, but it's an abandoned World War II air base. And uh, and somebody said on the show that you know, well, it's concrete. Most most of it, much of it, anyway. Uh, it, it, there's got to be like just torture to those suspensions. The way those things hop around on those slabs of concrete and everything that have been down there for what seventy years or more. Oh yeah, it it. It's hard on suspension. <clears throat> when I first went down there to test, we had Max Peppas driving for us, and, and uh, he came in and said something was wrong, and I walked to the left rear and looked down, and, and what we have on the on the rear is like a push rod that goes up to a coil spring, spring you know, coil over spring. It's not vertical, it's horizontal, and I looked down at the push rod, and the push rod was bent. And I Called Pappas back there, and I said, "How do you, how do you, how do you do something like this?" You know, and it was the track. He hit a hole in one of those tracks uh, out there on the, one of those corners, and that's the push rod. This push rod is a one-inch round tubing that probably three sixteenths thick, and you bend that thing, you've done something. So that that's the only track I've ever seen that happen at. Do it, mess up a suspension like that, that bad. We're talking to Mike Hill with the uh, Whalen uh, Engineering Racing Team. Mike, what exactly, and I probably asked you this before, but what's your title? I'm the shop team, I'm shop manager. Oh, then suspension's right down your alley. Yeah, I do all the sub, what's called the sub assembly, you know, all these specialty deals are all split up in racing now, but uh, I do all the suspension, the hubs, and the brakes and the transmissions and all that stuff and then I give them to the team and they put them on the cars. Well, that was an 83 lap race and y'all had 79 of them and the only time you didn't lead is when you were in the pits and uh, it was just a pleasure to watch. I loved it. I watched every second of that race. You know, it's only a two, two hour and 40 minute race. Right. It like not that much of an advantage and you, you sit here, you know, I don't travel anymore with the race team I did for many years but when you're sitting here and you're watching it on TV, that's the slowest clock in the world. That two hours and 40 minutes was worse than the 12 hours <laughs> when you're at the racetrack. Well, I, I'll agree with you. It seemed like the last 20 minutes took two hours to me. I mean, I, I didn't really notice it until it got down to, you know, can they keep this up for uh, just 20 more minutes? And it took forever to go by. Especially when he split yeah. them two cars. He had he had like a eighteen second lead, and he comes up on two slower. Which I mean, yeah. I ain't gonna say slower divisions, but well, they had, are. Yeah, he had to go between them two cars, and I'm looking at it like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I. You know, I did the same thing with Sebastian Bourdais when we were down there in fifteen. He just kept cutting those laps, and we were a lap ahead, and he was still two seconds a lap faster than the guy that was running second, and. And I'm thinking, gosh, why don't he slow down? And so when he got out of the car, you know, I helped him over the wall down there because that's a big wall. I helped Sebastian out of the car, and I said, 
I look at him, I smile, I said, man, what, what were you doing? And he says, Mike, I wasn't pushing it. He said, that's as slow as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that before. Well, well, I'll put it this way. Danny wasn't out over at Gaffney. He was out front. And I, I done told him, I said, get out front, kind of slow up a little bit. Well, he slowed up. And he slowed up so much that it missed his entry getting up the first turn. He about knocked the wall down. I looked at him. Yeah. I said, after that, he said, I'm just going to hold it wide open. They're going to have to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> that that oh, is yeah. cool. And Mike, uh, this is Greg. I, I just want everybody to know that Mike Hill and Alan, these are Spartanburg people. And Mike is so instrumental with a lot of Junior Johnson's uh, wins and championships and everything. And uh, one of the nicest, most talented guys in the garage area in NASCAR for years. And he's from Spartanburg. I mean, yeah. I mean, and he knows what he's doing. I mean, I raced and saw him all the time. And uh, uh, they, they, I was tickled to death the way they, they just absolutely mopped, mopped them so bad in that, in that yeah. race. I mean, that, that was fun to watch. But I'm like, I'm like you, it seemed like it, it was longer. I get, well, we were sitting there pulling for you anyway. I mean, that, that's the way we do it. And, but that's, yeah. that's a pretty good series. It's a great series. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. I think it's about to get more competitive next year. They're going to split the Hondas. The Acura's up. I think there's going to be another race team come in. I've just been hearing rumors that Ganassi might get back in. So it's going to get more competitive next year. Now, um... It's a good series. It's competitive if you, if you, uh, you know, they, here they go again now. We think we won a, a 32-second margin. They... They have a new, what's called a BOP. It's a balance of performance that the, the series puts out. And they've taken fuel away from us, so we'll be making more pit stops at, uh, at Elkhart Lake. And they gave them, they've given the other cars a little bit more. So we'll see how it works out. But, you know, whenever we was winning all those races like we were, and they kept putting those BOPs on them, I said, y'all need to change that BOP every week to a B-O-R because y'all are trying to change the results, make it the balance of results for you people. So, but, you know, I remember whenever we won in all those races with Junior, uh, Bill France Jr. come up to me, he says, you boys are stinking up my shows. <laughs> He'd say that, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. I've, heard, I've heard he said that to some, quite a few of them, like maybe even Earnhardt. But look, I'm looking down the schedule here. Next week is Elkhart Lake. So, uh, um, is it going to be tougher? Or, or, I mean, I, I, that looked just so easy last week, and, and I don't know if it was because of the concrete and, and uh, the weirdness of that track, but Elkhart Lake's a big, long track, and it's paved. And uh, how do you look for up there? How, how have you done in the past? Well, we've won there before, you know, and, and, but the thing about Elkhart is, is it's such a long track. Long. That we hope we can just suck the rods out of those competitors with our big Chevrolet V8 engine or GM V8 or Cadillac V8 engine. That's where the one of the things that we had going for us that we have a, a more reliable engine than, than the, our competitors have got. So, but if they are, they're going to make the stop more times and they're going to give those people more. Maybe the turbos won't stay together. That was one of the problems they were having when they were trying to keep up with us before the the turbos would have to turn up so much that it would blow the turbos up, and you'd see a lot of them sitting. I'm sure if you've watched it, you've seen a lot of them sitting on the side of the racetrack with the turbos on fire. 
Yeah, I have. And we don't have, we don't have a turbo. We just got a we just got a big old V eight engine setting up in ours. So yeah, we it sounds good too. We uh, I'm looking down. I heard, this, I, I was, go ahead. I was talking. You, you were talking to the to the Scott family while ago, and they were talking about Jacksonville. And every time Jacksonville Speedway comes up, it rings a, a memory that I will never forget. You know, I had to come back to Spartanburg and build build me and Alan built Dad. Uh, a late, another late model dirt car, and we traveled around, and we pulled into Jacksonville. I don't know if Alan remembers it or not. We pulled into Jacksonville down there, and the old guy that came out to check us in, I'll never forget him. He said, son, you see those tires stacked up back there on the back stretch? And I said, yes, sir. And it was a wall of tires, just, you know, old car tires back there. I said, yes, sir. He says, now, if you go through those tires, don't get out of your race car because there's alligators on the other side of those tires. <laughs> <laughs> and the and reason I'm thinking, oh my god, yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going to tell CL that. <laughs> and the reason they had the tires there, the alligators couldn't go through because their legs would get hung up; they would belly out, <laughs> and they couldn't come across the racetrack. But guess yep. who? Guess who went? You remember who went across there and went through them tires? Was Rodney Combs and. Before they even got the wrecker over there, he was standing over on the racetrack. He said he got to thinking about it. He undone the seatbelts and run across them tires. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule here, Mike. And, uh, of course, um, as you said, you do end this, this season with the 12 hours of Sebring, and that is November 14th. But what I've got to circle around here, and I didn't realize that you guys on October the 17th are at Road Atlanta. And I love Road Atlanta. When I was in my youth, Back in the early 70s, I went down there just about every time they opened the gate for the Can-Am and the um, Formula 5000 races. And I saw all of the shadows and Penske's Porsches and Fulmer and Mark Donahue and uh, the McLarens with the Revson. And I saw uh, uh, Dennis Holm do a backflip coming into the backstretch over that little rise there. Um, that was a, a McLaren. In a McLaren. Yeah. And uh, uh, that happened about as far away from me to Allen and scared the heck out of me. And But I love Road Atlanta. And by golly, I'm going to see if I can't figure out some way to be down there in October. I'd love to see you we, guys at Road Atlanta. I love Road Atlanta, too. Well, let's work on it. We got we got to do that somehow, some well, I'm way. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Greg knows Rick Humphrey. He runs that place down there. Rick was a, my PR guy at McDonald's. Whenever we had Spencer and poor old Rick, he had he had his job cut out for him because you know we were we were pretty controversial. You know we wrecked we wrecked the field at Talladega and finished the race. You know I had all these crew chiefs standing down there in front of me. You tell your driver this and that, and I just take the headset off, take their headset off. I said, okay, you tell him whatever you want to tell him. You know, you tell him. <laughs> <laughs> and the tone changed when they had to talk to Jim. You know. If they would want to talk about going and playing golf or something instead of, I'm going to whoop your butt. But it was funny that after the race, uh, Rick Humphrey was really worried that there was going to be a fight in the garage. And you know how McDonald's are, boy. You don't, you don't even get your clothes dirty, much less be fighting in the garage. And I told Rick, I said, I'll handle it. Don't worry about it. You know, he was, he was, he was young back in those days. He was really worried that he was going to let McDonald's get on TV with a bunch of people fighting. I said, I'll take care of it. So Jimmy pulled up the gas pump to Saladega's outside the garage. We finished third, and they, was on, they always weighed the top five. So 
we uh, I walked over to the car, left the window net down, and I told Jimmy, I said, I need you to do me a favor. He said, what's that? I said, I need you to get out of the car and go through that gate right there and go out to your, your motor coach and take off your McDonald's clothes and put your street clothes on. <laughs> he says, what for? I said, because when you come back in the garage, we're going to have our work cut out for her. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that was, you could tell Rick that you'll take up that favor that he owes Mike Hill for not letting Jimmy. We didn't even have to fight. You know, they knew better. Jimmy well, was the bull. Well, that's a project for uh, Greg to work on between now and October 17th. We up against a break, Mike, and we got to let you go. What a great interview and uh, a great race y'all had at Sebring. And we'll talk to you again, I hope, later on this year. And um, just. Give it to them again at Road America is all I can say. All right, guys. Y'all have one of them outside of plenty down there for me. A Beaconburger of plenty or a slice of plenty or a hash of plenty for me because I sure miss the beacon. I done had one this week. <laughs> <laughs> I get one about every yeah, week, Mike. I mean, Alan usually sends me a picture of it whenever he's eating. just <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. We've been talking to Mike Hill. Thanks a million, Mike. Guys, anytime. All right, that's Mike Hill. Uh, that was. Uh, I tell you, everything's just coming together. Talking about the beacon with all oh, our guests. That's, uh, all right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come right back, and we're gonna um, let Alan do his thing for as long as he can. We're from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This is Start Your Engines. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits, Reedville Road on Spartanburg's west side, where customer service is the difference. Windows down or AC on. Either way, there's no better way to beat the heat than with ice cold favorites from McDonald's. Now get a large Minute Maid slushie for $2 in sweet flavors fruit punch, blue raspberry, or new pink lemonade. Or get a refreshingly bold McCafe iced coffee. Any size for $1.69. To beat the heat, there's nothing sweeter than an icy treat. It's not just a drink, it's a McDonald's drink. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? Oh, let Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous 
famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm a gravel truck. I'm busy laying the foundation for your city's newest suburb. You're stuck behind me, and I'm about to make it rain. <laughs> Rocks. Now you're swerving, but there's no avoiding this downpour. Better watch out for that guardrail. So get Allstate, where agents help protect you from mayhem, like me. You're in good hands with Allstate agent Jack Mabry in Boiling Springs. Give him a call today, 253-9155. Open Mike Daly is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. How do we explain our longevity? Clean living, for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Well, I don't know about that music, but uh, <laughs> I think that was for a little bit later on Saturday night. Yeah, that's a little something different there. All right, you go ahead, Alan. Tell us what we got coming up, and I understand you're going to hit the clay. Oh, yeah, we plan on uh, charging batteries and stuff like that before I seen what time it was and packed <laughs> up and headed this away. But we're going to get in results from last week. Last week over at Cherokee Speedway, uh, they had the big cruise uh, street stock race. It paid $5,000 to win. First place went to a local driver, Ricky Green. Second place, another local driver, Tyler Love. And third place, another local driver, Damian Crump. Last year when they had that big street stock race over there, these boys come out of Mississippi and uh, kind of showed us how to do it. But after our boys has kind of looked and seen what you could do to their cars, and now that they kind of changed their cars around, now our boys is going to show them boys. They, they put them in the back seat now. Sounds so, like there's some schooling going on. Yeah, a lot of bit of schooling going on. And Ricky Green just got the results back on his tires. They uh, cut three samples of his tires from three different locations on that t- tire. They sent it off to the labs up at Blue Ridge and got the results back and all passed inspections. So, well, well, what were they looking for? Uh, chemicals. Uh, tire softener. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tire softener. Well, I mean, you can't... Run any tire you want to? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not no, talking about altering I mean, one, but I mean, uh, uh, couldn't yeah. you just buy one soft enough without? No, huh? You can't. You got. You got a. You got a special tire that you got to run. And then you can't supposed to do anything to it or whatever. But uh, they got stuff out called goat pee and all this stuff. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, you know, you heard it here, folks. Yeah, and I mean that's uh, you know, <laughs> I mean that's. Uh, that's stuff, uh, you know, you kind of soften tires up a little bit. And well, some, I, of, some, of our, some of our super late model boys have uh, been caught, you know, softening tires and stuff like that. But uh, other results, uh, another boy jumped, come out of, I ain't going to say retirement, but jumped over in a Thunder Bomber car this past weekend over there. First place went to Mitchell Duval. Glad to see him back at the racetrack. Yep, good name. Second place, Ricky Bogan. Third place was Steve Green. In the 604 late models, first place went to John Reggio. Second place went to Dylan Brown. Third place went to Brian Mullis. In the crate late models, 602, first place went to Dale Timms. Second place, John Reggio again. Third place went to Chris Chastain Blackwell. In the stock four division, first place went to Travis Mosley. Second place went to Jamie Madison. Third place went to Austin Brown. Okay, move we, we had him on the show, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay. Uh, move on up here to Harris Speedway. 
Pure Stock Division. First place went to Alex Vance. Second place went to Danny Sexton. Third place went to Nathan Pierce. In the Front Wheel Drive Division, first place went to Travis Jamison. Second place went to Jonathan Butler. Third place went to Willie Fowler. In the Southeast Late Models, first place went to Kenny Collins. Second place, Ron Parker. Third place went to Bryson Harper. In the Thunder Bomber Futures, first place went to Joe Anders. Second place went to Danny Edmonds. Third place went to Stetson Todd. In the Thunder Bombers, first place went to Bailey Hip. Second place went to Casey Lawson. Third place went to Tyler Geis. In the Young Dung Division, first place went to Jordan Hill. Second place went to Jeremiah Deal. Third place went to Kaylee Laws. In the V6 Division, first place went to Kevin Brooks. Second place went to Josh Whitfield. Third place went to Tony Grimes. Livonia Speedway last night, just down the road, crossover in the Georgia line. Uh, good little racetrack down there. They had the MMSA big race down there. It's a big stock four division. It travels around to different racetracks. And one of our local drivers, Jamie Madison, showed them how to do it down there at Livonia Speedway. Congratulations to Jamie Madison. Uh, last night, Travers Rest Speedway. Everybody knows that a big cloud of rain come through, so these boys kind of called it off about 5 o'clock. Let everybody go to the fish camp meet. No, I, I can think of worse places to go. Uh well, that's, uh, you know, that's the way it is. But uh, tonight, Harris Speedway going to be featuring the Mideast Modified Tour coming into town. The 602 Late Models. The Renegade Stock 8. Big show up there in the Renegade Stock 8. They're going to pay $1,500 to win in this division tonight. So these boys, is, they're going to be fine-tuning these cars, going up there and trying to get that big money. The Crate Sportsman's also on the program. Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock. Thunder Bomber Futures, Front Wheel Drive Stock Division. Uh, pits is going to be $30 to get in. Gates are going to open at 4 p.m. today. Stands is $15. Gates to the stands is open at 5 p.m. Driver's meeting is going to be at 6.30. Okay. Now we're going to move on down the road over here to Cherokee Speedway. Cherokee Speedway, they're going to have the super late models over there. They're going to pay $3,000 to win. Uh, they are going to kind of classify this as a tune-up race for the big Stick Elliott Memorial Race. It's going to be held there on August the 1st. Everybody knows Stick Elliott. Back one of our older drivers back in, and he got the name Stick for one good reason. What was that? He would stick you in the wall <laughs> if you was in his way. <laughs> I remember I remember those uh, blue and yellow number 57. Is that, yes. Was that it? Yeah. Uh, and he, he ran some Grand Nationals. I remember seeing him run. Yes, he did. Also on the schedule tonight, the 604 Late Models, the Super Sportsman Division. That's our division, so uh, going to have it 25T over there tonight. Extreme 4, Stock 4, Thunder Bomber, Young Guns. Gates open at 4.30 at Cherokee Speedway this afternoon. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 p.m. Stands is $15 to get in, and the pits is going to be $30. And... Uh, as far as uh, Carolina Speedway, they called Carolina Speedway off last night, so we don't have no results from the Carolina Speedway. Up in Gastonia. Up in Gastonia. We're going we gonna to have to venture up there to Gastonia just as soon as we uh, get all our honeydew lists take care of and uh, get back into a little bit more racing. So how many, y'all been off about a month, haven't you? Yes, we have. We uh, 
Danny had a vacation time, and we kind of worked on their place down at Lake Greenwood, and they stayed down there for, uh, I think it was 10 days straight, went down on Friday and come back on the Monday uh, uh, afterwards, and then, uh, don't get me wrong, Cherokee Speedway took a weekend off, and uh, then last weekend, they did not have us on the schedule, so uh, they had the big Chris uh, Street Stock race over there, so... uh, Looked on the schedule this week, and they put us on the schedule, and Danny's having to work to about 1 o'clock today at Chevrolet Spartanburg over here. So uh, he said, well, if I'm going to have to work, if you go to get the race car ready, we'll, we'll go over at Cherokee tonight and see what we can do. Well, I look forward to seeing what you can do. I hope uh, hope the weather holds out. They're calling for some more storms rolling through, maybe, but uh, um, good luck. Yeah, and... Uh, Temperature as high as it was, like I said a little bit before, over there in that Chris uh, Street Stock race, temperature got a little hot over there, and drivers got out, kind of. Yeah, what was that deal? <laughs> you said about, well, about that. Well, uh, you remember me telling you the week before that the 83 car, he kind of spun the 5 car for the win over there. Well, this past week, the 5 car was kind of pushing a little bit on the 83 car, and they both kind of got together. I don't know how it is, but. Somehow or another, you know, it's about like uh, bad blood. Sometimes it all shows up at the same place at the same time. Well, that's that's good for the gate. Oh, yeah, it's good for the gate. And they was on the front straightaway whenever they was uh, kind of throwing fists. Well, and, that's where you're supposed to fight on the, in front of the crowd. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, um, sounds good. Uh, go support your local track. Get over to Gaffney. Get a, go up to... Um, yeah, Harris, go to yeah. somewhere and yeah. watch a race tonight. Just so, just so happened, uh, whenever I got the text about Traveler's Rest, and called it off at about 5 o'clock. I called my buddy, Mr. Wilson. Oh, was, boy. Oh, yeah. He was already headed that way. He was already headed Traveler's Rest. He said, I think the sun's shining over there. I said, well, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be at Cherokee tonight, won't he? Yeah, he'll be at Cherokee tonight. All right. And if you see any goats near your car, don't let them pee on your tires. No, it could cost that's, you that's, something. That's just the name of that stuff. Oh, okay. It's mo- mostly for goat cart stuff. Oh, all right. Them goat cart boys, as far as treating their tires and stuff like it, Chris Oak. Whoever thought of Chris, though? I thought that was for telephone poles. That's for telephone poles, but boy, it just, you know how you ever walked up to a Chris O pole in the hot summertime and see it, and it just gets gooey and stuff? Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what it does to a race tire? Same thing. Same, pretty much the same thing, and it lasts. And, uh, wow. Some of this stuff that we put on these tires, I ain't going to say we put on the tires. But, uh, <laughs> that, that was a... Uh, um, that was a mechanical uh, error. Well, no, that, that was like, uh, I I'm can't, just, the certain word I'm searching for, you, you're talking about the group as a whole. Group as a whole. Not right. you particularly. Yeah, not me particularly, but yeah. uh, you do have that deal of uh, being able to look at somebody else's tire, but whenever they have a big race like it, it pays 5000 it is most time the the racetrack will do it on their own. But uh, like over there tonight, when it's not really a big race, if I think a guy beside me, if he outruns me, and I think he's uh, a little wrong on tires, uh, all I got to do is put up $125. They'll take three samples out of whichever tire I want and uh, send it off and get it checked. And if it comes back with anything other than what that tire compound specs are, uh, I get to win. Now, would that be most likely the right rear? Right rear, left rear, right front, you know. Well, I mean, but, but the right guess, rear is the one that's really but, but digging, right? But guess, yeah, the one that's really digging, but sometimes you go over to get that left front because a lot of times we'll take the left rear after about a race, we'll move it up to the left front, we'll put a new left rear on. 
Well, okay. if, you, if the week before or something like that, and you've got away with it, and you move it up to the left front, then they think nobody's going to pull that left front tire anyway. This one's been treated. Yeah. And, uh, that's a little bit softer, too. You want that left front to be a little bit softer. I didn't even the, think it hardly even touched the ground in the turns. Oh, yeah. You get that left front graining, you know your cars are working. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. We're going to take our last break here. Um, want to give a thanks, as always, to Lanny McKinney. Um, who does our web, does uh, the Budmore website and our Facebook page and our podcast? And uh, you got a good one to work on today, Lanny. Do you have something else you want to yeah, add there? We, we really hadn't talked too much about the last two NASCAR races. Well, we're going to do that when we come back. Okay. And uh, we don't have much time to do it, but uh, I tell you, the rest of the show has been so fantastic. I, I don't regret it yep. uh, whatsoever. But anyway, let's take a break right now, get back and do the last 20 minutes. You're listening to Start Your Engines. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti 
spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up, place an order online, or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. When it's hot and it's hot, there's only one thing better than water, ice. And Spartanburg Water has twice the ice with 12 convenient ice houses located around the county. Twice the ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. Twice the ice is never touched by human hands, never stored in a warehouse, and uses local water. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Greg, you got something for us over there, buddy? Yeah, I, uh, Ernie Smith, who, you know, our show helped support him, and he's a Spartanburg guy that runs a double gas gas series, which runs 67 rules, and he, he, he runs awful good, but uh, he's up in Indiana right now, and he's practiced a few times, and like I say, we've got a gear and everything, and he's running pretty doggone good. So, anyway, he, he, he knew we didn't have much time. We'll get and, him on here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's that's what I told him. And then, but he felt pretty good about the way that, that, that Chevrolet was running in it. So but like they had turned it a little bit more. They had to switch from Ford to Chevrolet. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at some cup results here. We got about 14 minutes, and we'll never cover it all. But had a real good race at Texas last um, Sunday afternoon with a surprise winner with his third cup victory. In his career, and that's Austin Dillon, and the number three car, pretty familiar number to Victory Lane, and uh, and he beat out his teammate Tyler Reddick in the number eight, and it was a pretty stirring finish there. They uh, they ran hard and clean, and good day for Childers. Yes, it was a good day for Childers. Uh, and, and boys stood out there during that pit stop and jumped out front, and then had to survive two or three more cautions, and uh, kind of made it exciting. And I mean. Uh, an exciting part was after the race to see Austin's wife. I was sitting there going, she needs to put the baby down. <laughs> Did you see uh, that pit stop that Quinn Huff made when he come across about three lanes? Well, it wasn't that bad, but he wasn't in the, the, the pull into the pit lane, that bottom lane. And he, when he came in, he took out, uh, uh, who did he take out with him? He took out... Um, I think I thought he took out Byron and Stenhouse, but anyway, he just cut right across them, and they all got tangled up. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's incredible how irritating. And I know you because you texted me about it 
Thursday night, how irritating Jeff Burton is. I mean, I just, I can't stand to listen to him. I really, and he talks constantly. He never shuts up and tells you things you don't need to know. Well, they're side by side. You know, I can see that. Don't tell me what I can see. But the funny thing I was getting at was Junior gets on there and uh, when they get, when uh, Quinn Huff did that, he said, well, you can't pit from the middle lane, you know, or something like that. And he said, you just can't do that. And I don't know if they talked to him or not. Last I heard, they were going to have a word with him. Uh, NASCAR usually will. Uh, don't get me wrong. You got to go through all these, what is it, rookie tests, Greg, and stuff like that. But uh, that's one thing, you know, don't get me wrong. At one time, we were looking to try to make a 43-car field and stuff. But Well, he, uh, I like the one we had people had, that's like at Indy. 33 cars start. It's always been that way. You got to earn yourself into the field. Well, but they've been buying their way in for quite a while, too. So, you know, that's just the way it is. Let's get on moving with uh, the Thursday night race. Quinn Huff had a new car. They fixed his car. But uh, it was uh, sort of Denny Hamlin hanging around back in the shadows until it was time to go. And I know Jada is so glad you uh, didn't pick him for her this week because... <laughs> Denny Hamlin got down to the end there and, and ran down Harvick, who was fading pretty fast. He wound up fourth. Yeah. But Hamlin won it with his fifth win of the year. Keselowski was second. I thought he was going to give him something there with about four laps to go. He pulled up kind of even, but Hamlin uh, hit the afterburners and he was gone. And Hamlin's uh, teammate Truex was third. And their teammate Eric Jones was fifth. So it was three of the top five was uh, Gibbs cars. Al Marola was sixth. Cole Custer was seventh. Alex Bowman, eighth. Kurt Busch, ninth. And um, William Byron, tenth. I guess two things I took away from that was Kyle Busch, from his in-car camera, when he slapped the wall coming off of the fourth turn there late in the race or towards the middle of late in the race, he, uh, oh, he was so angry. He was shaking his fist, and it, goes, it was on him. I mean, I don't know if there was some other car problem going on, but he was angry. That uh, I mean, and it's just got to be frustration boiling over because he just can't buy a win. And I think you texted me then that guy's got no luck. Got no luck at all. When he went, te- but you know, when you said that to me, he had just gone through the infield with a, and it really didn't hurt the car that bad. I, I mean, maybe that's what caused him to hit the wall there late. But uh, generally, you're right. He's he's the the usually the standard bearer for Gibbs, and this year he's not a, he's not getting it. I call it snake bit. He's snake bit right now. Oh, it's like me and Ernie with Elliot was talking the other day. I'd called him, and like he said, you know when it's your time to win. Things that get, you get on a roll and momentum. I mean, yep. somebody like Junior Johnson got during that momentum for, Mike was up there about 10, 12 years, 15 years. I thought I was more impressed, really. Junior was a hell of a car owner, but he was a hell of a race driver. Yes, he was. Junior Johnson was. Okay, let's move on here. We can talk about Junior some other time. No offense, Junior was a heck of a race driver, but uh, I'm never going to get all this done. Um, I guess another big thing I took away from Thursday night was uh, there in the thick of the battle during a restart, um, Jerry Logano had a tire go down and went up to racetrack and ended up taking out a bunch of cars. They had some very violent crashes uh, uh, in that race Thursday night. Jimmy Johnson, though, was one of the the people that uh, got the wrong end of that deal. He and uh, Matt D. Benedetto, when uh, uh, Logano went up and lost it. But, you know, it was funny, and I guess I hadn't noticed it or seen it before, but they said he lost 
the air out of the left front tire. Um, you know, usually it's the right front, but I guess on a restart, um, it, it didn't it didn't matter. He went straight up to the wall and took a bunch of them with him. Well, we was talking about that before, and I wanted to ask you about this. Did you see the the deal with Richard Childers and them sitting oh, back at man. the shop and had all them computer systems sit in there and had all their engineers? You know, it looks like everything that they got there is going. You know, before long, it's going to tell them, "Well, your left front's going to be flat." Well, and what were you telling me about? You had you, you, you had, had to override. Uh, they said yeah. put on four, and they wanted yeah. to do two or your, something. Your, compu- the, your computer system sitting up here, and when the caution comes out, the computer's flashing up our pit for four tires, pit for four tires. And and don't get me wrong, you engineer sitting right there, going, and you know he's he's. A, straight contact with the boys at the racetrack and he's sitting here telling them, so the boys computer's telling us to pit for four tires. Why Why you need a computer to tell you to pit for four tires? <laughs> Usually your driver's already hollering, I want four tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, and like Greg's talked about a bunch of times, it, sometimes it's a good time to go for two. And uh, I don't know if the computer um, can tell you that or not. I mean, that's just a gut a gut thing you do, right, Greg? I mean, yeah, you, you it, told me about the winning Riverside and some other races, Dover, when uh, everybody else went four and you went two, and you ended up with the with the hardware after the race. That's right. That's right. And the the two tire deal is nothing new. Uh, but you just got to know when to pull that deal. We pulled it perfect out there at River. Well, we pulled it off at Richmond. We pulled it off several times, and. Uh, and you got, the right time to do it and right time not to do it. And you got talked out of it a couple of times and ended up with a bent-up race car. Yep. We'll yep. talk about that later. Yep. Uh, the standings in the cup after uh, after Thursday night. This is the playoff standings. Don't care much about the point standings. This is for the playoffs. Danny Hamlin is back out front all by himself with five wins. Harvick is second with four. Then third and fourth is Keselowski and Logano, the teammates. They got two wins each. Then you've got a big log jam here. And, of course, the ties are broken by the stage points. Um, so there is an order here. But with one win, you got Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, and Cole Custer. They are all locked in and will be in the playoffs. What that's doing, once again, as I said before, as uh, these um, people are winning races, you know, that maybe not you don't think of winning every week like Austin Dillon or Cole Custer. It's sort of jumbled up the uh, the guys that are trying to get in just based only on the stage points. And right now, uh, 11th is Eric Almarola, 12th Kyle Busch, not a win yet. 13th is his brother Kurt, 14th Clint Boyer, 15th Matt D. Benedetto. So the Wood Brothers are hanging in there, and William Byron jumped up into 16th. I don't have the standings after that, but some of the ones that are pretty close are. Uh, um, of course, Jimmy Johnson just fell out of it, yep. and not too far back is Bubba Wallace and uh, I think uh, Eric Jones. So anyway, that's the cup, and nothing to do with them tomorrow. We'll come back and go to Loudon, New Hampshire uh, next Sunday for the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301, and that'll be at 3 o'clock on NBCSN. Let's go to Xfinity real quick. They... Uh, they ran at uh, they run at Kansas today. I'll get to that in a minute. Last week they ran at Fort Worth, Texas, and Austin Cindric won his third race in a row because they disqualified Kyle Busch. 
Kyle Busch went into victory lane, and then a couple hours later in the truck race, he won that one fair and square. But the car was too low. So uh, they took the win away from Kyle Busch, which suited me just fine. He shouldn't be out there to begin with. He said this was going to be my last uh, Xfinity race, but since he got disqualified, I don't know if it still will be or not. But anyway, um, the Xfinity race was won by Cindric, and uh, Kyle Busch got credited with last. Second was Chase Briscoe. Third, Justin Allgaier. Fourth, Harrison Burton. And fifth, Michael Annette. It was a pretty good day for Jeremy Clements. He finished 11th, hung around in the top, uh, you know, top between 10th and 15th. And when you look at the point standings, he moved up. And the Magic cutoff is 12th place. Well, he is in 13th, and he's 31 points out of 12th, which is Brandon Brown. So uh, those points are shaken out with... Chase Briscoe is the leader. Austin Cendrick second. Noah Gragson third, who's becoming a real um, villain on the circuit here, wrecking people and saying saying nasty things. So we'll see how that works out with the nine car with Noah. Uh, fourth is Ross Chastain. Fifth, Justin Haley. Sixth, Justin Allgaier. Seventh, Harrison Burton. Eighth, Michael Annette. Ninth, Brandon Jones. Tenth, Riley Herbst, who I saw in the ARCA race last night. Uh, 11th, Ryan Sieg, 12th, Brandon Brown, and as I said, 31 points back is um, Jeremy Clement. So he's knocking on the door, getting in there. Be nice to win a race and get in that way. But uh, they race uh, today at 5 o'clock. So get all your yard work done. That's what I'm looking at, unless you're going to Cherokee or to a track or something as a spectator or a competitor. But the uh, Kansas Lottery 250 is at 5 o'clock, and that's on NBCSN. We are about out of time. Uh, the trucks ran last night in a crashingly boring race. Um, and Austin Hill won it. They'll run uh, again today, 1.30. That's the second half of their doubleheader. They run the EPT 200 at 1.30. have no idea what that stands for. But uh, they're running a doubleheader, so they're, they're on today. Indy cars are off. Won't even talk about them. Formula One is off. Uh, what did Indy do last week? Didn't they run at a... Yeah, they ran a doubleheader at Ireland. Ireland. Iowa. And uh, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden won the, won the second one. And uh, it was not nearly as exciting as the one uh, on Friday night. Uh, they will be at Mid-Ohio in a couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that then. Formula One, Formula one was um, uh, Lewis Hamilton at uh, Hungary. And they will be next week at Silverstone in England for the Pirelli British Grand Prix. Um, all the races so far has been won by Mercedes. Valtteri Bottas, Lewis Hamilton's won the next two. So they're doing just what, they're all, what they always do. Last night, they ran the ARCA race at Kansas, which was won by first-time winner Brett Holmes, who broke Ty Gibbs' uh, uh, streak of three of the last four. And they will run a doubleheader next week. At, um, on the 1st, I think that's Friday night or Saturday night, whatever, at Toledo. That's a Friday night. And then they'll run again at Toledo the next afternoon or the next evening. Um, so they got an ARCA doubleheader. And we won't even do the points. We'll come back the next week. We did pretty good covering the... Uh, Sports cars, the blowout win for uh, Mike Hill and the Wheeling Engineering team, and we like seeing that, and they will be at Road America next week. So, 
I got it all in. Didn't get quite as in-depth as I wanted to. I think we had one of the best shows we've ever had today for number 99. Uh, see what we can come up with for the, the century mark for the 100th show. And um, any closing thoughts there? You got about 20 seconds there, Alan. Uh, I hope it's a little cool this afternoon. Good luck on that. <laughs> I hope it's dry. I don't think you're going to get too much cool. Yeah, I used to love heat. You know, I, in the dino room, it gets so hot. You know, that was fine. I, I don't handle heat too good anymore. Matter of fact, I don't handle too much nothing. Perry's getting good at this doggone deal. Well, I got out this morning, went out there and crawled up underneath the race car, and uh, I got to get me some taller jack stands, too. I, 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 I just... I need my car up a little bit higher. Why? Uh, is there, are you growing? I don't know if I'm growing or if I'm getting that old. My arms ain't wanting to move like they want to. <laughs> well, I want to thank all our guests today. Mike Hill was great. I'm sorry we couldn't get Ernie on, but I tell you, Wendell Scott's son, Frankie, and the Arnolds with Tony um, and Trey were just fantastic. So much Spartanburg history we touch on on this show, and we touched on a bunch of it today, which was... Uh, a lot of stuff I didn't know about. And we're going to see if we can't probably do another show as one of them suggested. So, uh, thank you for listening. Try to stay cool. Natalie, get our table ready because we're heading to Applebee's. And for the rest of you, stay apart, socially distant, and keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Our website is SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Fox Sports trending now. The NBA announced today the New Orleans Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson's quarantine upon his return to the Orlando bubble.